This is the Umbrella Academy podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're discussing Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 7, Oga for Oga. Uh, hello, Olga? It's her. She's how long? What should I say? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, ma'am. Um, I was just wondering... What? My name is uh, Luther Hargreaves. I... You killed one of ours, Olga. Now we're coming after you. You will be dead. By nightfall. Hey, it's Urga for Urga, idiots. Swedish for an eye for an eye. Means the Swedes killed Elliot. Wrong number. Have a lovely day. We would have gotten there eventually. Yeah. Welcome back, fellow Academy alumni. This is Derek, one of your hosts for the Umbrella Academy podcast on TV Podcast Industries. And we're talking about Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 7, Ogre for Ogre. Idiots. I'm one of the other hosts, Chris, and I think I'm one of those idiots he's just referring to. <laughs> and yes, welcome back, fellow fudge nutters. I am one of your other hosts, John. Wow, seven episodes in and you've dropped Brawly Dollies. No, no, that's still there, but I Fudge Nutters is a great name. Uh, <laughs> for a bar of chocolate, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. um, yes. You sure it wasn't Fudruckers, John? I thought it, the bar that uh, number five was after it was a Fudge Nutter. Okay, interesting, interesting. Excellent opening to this episode, and actually a really good episode as well. What do you guys think of all? Absolutely loved it. This was one of my favorites, uh, more just because we get this awesome assassination scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and with five in all his glory. Absolutely. Yes. Um, the more and more I'm seeing of him, of Aiden Gallagher throughout this season, he has outstripped every other character for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even the actor, uh, the actress, uh, Kate Walsh, who is just so quirky and, different and kind of evil number five just aiden gallagher he he should should i it's a shame this didn't come out two months earlier because i'm positive they could have put him in for an emmy Mm -hmm. um for like best supporting uh cast or something like that yeah Yeah. Um, but yes anyway yeah every time i pick up my quotes it always seems to land on a five quote from the episode especially the quote that i pulled out for this episode i love his talking down to luther and diego about how much of an idiot the two of them are (laughs) and the the two of them kind of accept it as well it's like oh i guess we would have got there eventually but they're on the phone to olga (laughs) von olga threatening her life so they probably wouldn't have gotten there eventually (laughs) (laughs) but anyway thanks so much for joining us once again at academy alumni Uh, if you're joining us over on our patreon group you're getting this episode early before it's out in our main feed if you're not joining us over on patreon you can come and support us over there at patreon.com slash tv podcast industry support us for any amount and you'll get the episodes of umbrella academy early along with a few other goodies as well yes those few other goodies what can they be who knows who knows and we do know what they are we have captain america the Winter Soldier, available over there exclusively on Patreon. to more superhero fun. Yes, yes. We have more coming soon over the next couple of months as we uh, dive deeper into 2020, the year that hell just keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is the definition of hell is 2020. <laughs> as I saw recently on Twitter, someone said, 
aliens will arrive in, at, in December. Mm-hmm. Um, it is bound to happen. Uh, it's just oh, another yeah, thing. Oh, they'll just literally open the door and go, oh, yeah. oh God, no, no, we're, we're leaving, lads. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is Some vortex to hell and Cthulhu will kind of rise up and consume us all. Um, it is just that kind of year. This is obviously the Friday the 13th of years. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. It definitely is. But in terms of all the amazing TV you're going to be getting and the podcast we're going to be covering, you've got this. We are covering Umbrella Academy Season 2, as well as in the lead up to Boys Season 2, which we know is coming in just a few short weeks. So, of course... Moving it all back, if you go to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries, you get all the episodes early, as well as a few other goodies. Films films won't be back for a while, so we'll see what else we can add in there for the time being. Um, but gentlemen, I think it's about time we get back in to TV podcast industries, to Umbrella Academy season two, to episode seven discussion. So, Derek, do you want to tell us? Who gave us what in this episode? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Episode 7, Oga for Oga, was directed by Ellen Curris. Uh, she directed episode 6. Um, I remember she was the cinematographer on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind that I mentioned. I just want to mention that again because that's pretty awesome. <laughs> the teleplay for this episode was done by Nikki Schiefelbein, uh, wrote on comedies like Flight with Will Arnett and The Ranch with Ashton Kutcher. So good comedy um, base behind her. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, this whole series has good comedy in it i think really nice but then this strangely this episode has some really tough emotional moments Mm -hmm. they're definitely and i'm like that's the thing i i found they the balance and interplay that they've managed to build this writer's room full of people that you've seen like who are quite serious like dramatic writers Mm -hmm. And then you've got these kind of com- comedic, I wouldn't say comedic is probably wrong. Adult comedy. So it's not, we're not talking Monty Python here. Yeah. We're going more kind of a bit. Well, we are going a little Monty Python. Well, okay, we I, I discussed I mean, that in the last episode. Certainly, yes. <laughs> and we may have more Python esque humor in the future, of mm-hmm. course. <laughs> that is true. But I, I meant more like basically the seminal humor and joke that is fish slapping dance on a key um i don't think we're at that level maybe that's what will happen to aj in the future <laughs> but maybe maybe but i was more as you said nikki did things like flaked mm-hmm. and the ranch which they're more kind of as i would say adult comedy mm-hmm. type it's Absolutely. kind of like dramatic and then comedy 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 and then joke 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 joke, joke and then drama 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 and then joke joke, joke 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 i i only knew ranch mm-hmm. as a dressing to be honest um i i haven't heard of that one you need to watch more comedy john i know yes. we really need to get you out more well don't kill me chris anyway but john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode sure After Five travels to 1982 to carry out his new mission for the Handler, the siblings face a flurry of difficult decisions. Meanwhile, Carl issues a warning to Vanya. Is it 1982 or 83? It certainly is, (laughs) Chris. That's the same mistake you were making back in the last episode. It's 1982. Okay, Okay, great. And it's Harlan, not Harlan. (laughs) 
We have mentioned will, we have I mentioned will make, this before. I will pronounce however I want to pronounce. There's so much that went on in this episode. I can't believe the synopsis is only one line for this. We need to write better synopses for these episodes. That is true. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. This is perfect. Originally, do you remember when like half our episode was John just talking? That and, is like, not true. That it? is not true. How dare you? Well, except- <laughs> I'm sorry. It was three quarters of our episode. Yeah, so. well, that is not true. Except when we did the recap for season one of Umbrella Academy, since I wrote that. That's why it's so bloody long. They have always been <laughs> a paragraph yes uh, a long paragraph no a normal paragraph (laughs) but let's get into our discussions before you guys uh, attack each other over our uh, google meet call Uh, chris do you want to give us your big moment from this episode yeah for me uh, it's the uh the best way to describe it is five goes to 1982 when the handler gets a promotion um, so you're, this... you're taking all the moments from the episode then? <laughs> no, no, it's just He's a doing a me. through line. I am, I am doing a job. It's a through line. Uh, for me, it's the, the, the five going, as we see at the very beginning, the opening shots. He's in 1982. He goes to, um, this hotel there where they're doing the, the committee is meeting, the mm-hmm. board is meeting, sorry. Alongside a polka convention. Don't forget that, yes. Chris. <laughs> that, that was quite great. And we also do get the woman the, who working there trying to get him changed from her purse, which is actually uh, a fanny knapsack. We don't call it that in, in Europe at all. Uh, they call it that in America, though, don't they? <laughs> yes, fanny and then, or bun bag. A we bun. used to call it bun bags. That's right, yes. <laughs> Did you say bun bag or bum yeah. bag? Bun, bun. It's bum bag. No, it's bun bag. Well, I call it bun. Okay, growing up, we always used to call it a bum bag. So in the UK, see, this is the very, very many definitions and strange things. I think that's why they called it a purse in this. But anyway, we get that lovely uh, actress doing quite a, a strange performance. And we find out why later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes in, he picks up the axe. Five has a bit of a meltdown. Actually, before he picks up the axe, he has a bit of a meltdown at the vending machine. Um, and we just get this beautiful scene and i it sounds terrible when i say beautiful but we get this great scene where he is he's we see why he was the best assassin for for these guys absolutely and we understand why his power is so significant for what he can do because he's just popping all over he jumps in and he's just popping popping like he he as they make a move he's basically there and like cutting off their arm mm-hmm. or he's enveloping them and teleporting them at the same time and then throwing them into the ceiling. Yeah. I have to say that opening moment where he cuts off the arm of the person that's supposed to be calling for the emergency services is fantastic because I didn't expect that that's what he was doing. I thought it maybe the head was going to be cut off uh, with an ax and then it just cuts back to her. No arm uh, sitting or her arm sitting on the table, the rest of her body separated from it. But yeah, yeah. this is the real, uh, this is Matrix with an axe, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was just, this is one of the reasons it's such a, it was one of my top moments, even through a, such a packed episode. Um, because it's just, for a show about superheroes, we don't see it's more it is very grounded in family and the apocalypse and then there's the story beat of them trying to so while there is flourishes of them using their powers like Alison using her rumor and klaus kind of being possessed and all that type of things we don't see the all-out avenger style moments fights 
like we saw at the very first episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it's grounded, and that's fine. That can be a budget thing, an, SF, uh, an, um, an FX thing, or like an FX. Um, it could be multiple things. It's also like you don't want an over-the-top, every day, every episode, they're using their powers. Exactly. Like, it's supposed to be something. So, that being the case, we've heard how the old-timer is and was one of the best assassins. And you're thinking about it, you're like, well, yeah, like, I suppose he could, like, he probably was just really good with a gun. No, no, this is how he, why he was one of the best, because he's able to take a a, a running swing and take off someone's arm without even actually running. He can just, the momentum of his teleportation kind of just takes him forward. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even show that much gore. In when I say like they didn't show him directly cutting uh, a guy's head off, mm-hmm. what they did was you hear the blip, you see him, and then it pans to him behind the guy, yeah. and the guy's head comes in half. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's how you how you maintain your rating when you're on the yes. <laughs> when you're on these shows. Don't show the blood. Uh, I do love that uh, that for about a third of the fight. There's just a body hanging out from the roof by its neck <laughs> as he's going along, but. We do see the, will we say, tragic end of AJ Carmichael uh, heading the fishbowl, at least the fishbowl, anyway, at the end of the fight yes. as well, which was just great because it's effectively building up to the point where AJ is going to be taken out by uh, by five the whole way through that scene. It's just waiting for that moment when he's going to get to this very fragile fishbowl <laughs> and he eventually gets there with a cricket bat. Which I thought was just brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it was just fun because he's just like, oh, come on, stop running. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, this all, as you said, this all leads to that the board is gone. AJ Carmichael is handed over to the handler. She gives a, uh, she gives the time traveling suitcase from the the commission to five, mm-hmm. but she gives it with a caveat. They have 90 minutes. Um, uh-huh. and then the part that I wanted to move over to, and I'll let someone else take the kind of 90 minutes piece. Um, but it's essentially that the handler is, now effectively in control. The handler has taken over the commission. It was a coup de grace. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And that is actually quite an interesting... It That's not what I was expecting from the outcome of this. Right. I wasn't expecting that she wanted to become the dictator, the, the number one, the, oh, the, right. the Donald Trump of the, the, the commission. I didn't see it as a coup. I saw it... Uh, I didn't think of it as a coup. Right. I suppose I, I maybe I just didn't think about it enough. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I think that was yeah. always in my head. She just wanted her old job back, and she didn't want this guy. Who... So, I, yeah, it was the old job back. That's the bit. I thought she wanted her old job back. I didn't know she wanted total power and control over the commission. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a coup. Yeah, it is It is a coup de grace. Yeah, well, that's and, what she uh, said. So, like, in the last episode, she was talking about how we need the deniability of what we're about to do. So it was always about taking over the commission, um for at least for me anyway mm-hmm. um because it's to put the blame onto number 5 he, he is her patsy and she's being she's using him and she's working him uh, to the point where the whole 90 minutes for the briefcase as he was saying 
you mention nothing of this and all of a sudden it, it has to be we've got to get the entire academy to and um, the alleyway in mm-hmm. 90 minutes and exactly. hence that whole tick-tocking which is great through the episodes mm-hmm. this build-up of of time so um i think for me at least anyway it's always been this idea of a coup or a revolution yeah absolutely. Um, and i think and she doesn't think they're going to make it in the 90 minutes she's kind of hoping they're not because then the Patsies are stuck back in the 60s with no way out, basically. So I think not only is she challenging them with the 90 minutes, she also probably believes it's not going to happen. <laughs> so that yeah. leaves them they're, stuck Then they're there, stuck yeah. in 1963. Yeah. Well, are they stuck? So that's the one bit I, I'm always questionable of, is why, if he was able to travel to 2019 mm-hmm. previously, which we know he did, yeah. why can't he do it again? So I think what we've heard from Five is that he knows he messes up every time he tries to do something massive. Time-related. Yeah, oh, so, that was it. Yes, that's the story with his conversation with his father. Yeah, so he does jump forward episode? to uh, 1982 um, in this episode on his own. But I think the jump between the 60s to the to 2019 is the one that made him younger. So he doesn't want to do that to his family if he brings all of them with him. And they all de-age maybe when they arrive. That's probably too much uh, for him to to control. Um, and previously, when he jumped back to the past, everybody was separated across years. He doesn't want to do that again. So having a briefcase that would get them all back together to that place would make sure it's all safe, I suppose, if they all use the briefcase at the same time and go through at the same time. So, okay. so I think I think that's the feeling, and that's following on for the discussion that he had with Sir Reggie, where he's saying he doesn't he doesn't trust himself to be able to do this again. Yeah, he needs to do the seconds instead of the the hours and days yeah. and years. But immediately afterwards, he does jump forward uh, twenty years in time to, to commit exactly. <laughs> but I, I think it's just, he does that on his own in that episode. I think that's probably the the way I'd let him out of this. He does that on his own, and it's not mm. as far forward as jumping fifty years uh, potentially. <laughs> true, true. So, uh, any other comments from you guys on the, these two bits? No, no, nothing for me. John, do you want to take us on to uh, your big moment from the Yeah, it, it's just uh, simply, I, I love the possession of Klaus by Ben. I, I thought it was really good that Ben kind of got this moment um, here. And, I mean, just the the, to- the toing and froing between Klaus and Ben anyway is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Klaus has kind of ignored Ben. He, he hasn't and kind of really involved in when the the academy has gotten together so yeah. i thought it was really good um that klaus allows ben this brief moment of uh possession um so that uh he can do dirt angels with jill who's <laughs> his flame and um, i i love when he's walking through uh you know you have it the the toes going through the dirt but he he picks what looks to be an orange off the the tree but ultimately it's a massive grapefruit um and it has that sort of the, the kind of the acidic sourness of a, a grapefruit As which was really good straight into it yeah, um, <laughs> and and i think what's really kind of i suppose endearing here with ben is is him connecting with jill and it all seems so innocent from from ben's uh perspective but ultimately jill is a little dirt bird because um <laughs> she's been doing a few three ways with klaus and in, in with the, with the sling so sort of all of a sudden his kind of awkward uh romantic sort of approaches uh she's kind of like well we can just head off to to the sling and and get it on again together, like well, we did last week. Like we yeah. did last week. So with, with Kichi, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it was just I, I loved all this. I thought this was really uh, really nice. And then, of course, I think what's 
was fantastically done was the whole struggle for the control um, as they're making their way from Klaus's mansion to the alleyway where you you get glimpses of Ben and and Klaus kind of struggling to get rid of the possession or maintain it. I thought that was really good. Absolutely. Um, And ultimately, in the end, leading to Ben being vomited out of Klaus's body (laughs) in the alleyway. Uh, Like, I I just really liked this. It was a nice... um, it was a nice moment for Ben, you know, that idea of him sort of going along. It was also very kind of um, hippie-esque, you know, this idea of touching all the plants, mm-hmm. you know, tactile experiencing nature and all that. Um, but in the end, there's still this struggle for Klaus's body by the two of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you have a great... Uh, Backstreet Boys uh, tune belting out as well uh, as they move towards the alleyway, which was uh, really, really good. Well, I like that Ben uses exactly the same strategy that uh, Klaus has used throughout this cult experience. When somebody asks him for some inspiring words, he just takes a song from the 90s and quotes the lyrics at them. Uh, For some reason, though, I don't think the Backstreet Boys lyrics work as well as uh, Waterfalls by TLC. <laughs> that is quite an inspiring no. song, but I don't think uh, the Backstreet Boys getting back together for one last go around on their final album is as, is as inspiring as uh, Ben may think it is. <laughs> well, I th- yeah, exactly. But I, I think that was the point. He was just clutching for straws and it was Backstreet Boys. Yeah, weird, isn't it? What uh, is it about that song, guys? Can you explain it to me? Uh, that's been used in so many movies. Is it's it just awesome. a generational thing? No, it's awesome. It's a gen. It's a generational thing. It, it, it's 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 the '90s. Well, it's actually, two thousands generation. So it's the it's a millennial. It's not kind a millennial thing at all. I love this tune, and I'm not. No, I'm a not millennial. saying that. It's the reckon. It's the rec- well, you, It's yes, you are it's, definitely not a millennial. It's bringing back. I don't like, and it's it's bringing the team together. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's about. Um, and it's a great tune. It crosses generations, and <laughs> um. <laughs> Like, it's really good. It's just because it was used in that Seth Rogen movie, another one, This Is The End, about all the actors who were in LA trying to survive after the apocalypse, and they all get to heaven, and the Backstreet Boys are there singing Backstreet's Back. It just feels like a really weird song to be... um, so inspirational to a lot of people. That's all. I, that's all I mean. It's just because the song is about them coming back together and releasing another single. And there's nothing deeper about the song than that. But throughout this show, and the people who choose the music for the show have been really good about picking some really good songs throughout the episodes. Maybe it's just because I'm not a boy band fan. That's probably what it is. Uh, but I just don't find the song inspirational. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note. <laughs> On our t- welcome to our podcast in a podcast where we're going to talk about uh, basically what songs are generational and what songs are not. <laughs> Next up on the list, Enter Sandman by Metallica. Definitely generational. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is fantastic that like the Ben and Klaus scenes together as they as they merge. I love that opening where 
uh, Klaus is trying to stay awake so that Ben can't jump into his body. Yeah, and then they, just, absolutely. they start picking at each other where it's like, where Ben's going, oh, I hate your face because that's what he's had to look at for the last, what, 17 years since he died. <laughs> and, uh, and Klaus retorts with, I hate your everything because the two of them have just been stuck in this in this place together. Like I know you mentioned earlier on that Klaus hasn't allowed Ben share in the group, but even worse than that, he's denied that Ben's even in the 60s with the rest of the family. Nobody else knows that Ben's there, basically, up until that that dinner with uh, with their father. Uh, everybody thinks that thinks that Ben was left behind or didn't come with them at all, you know? Um, so Klaus has actually been really harsh to Ben by not allowing him to, to even speak through him to his family. Uh, but this scene throughout it is really really funny but definitely up until that moment where uh, you see Klaus trying to regain control of his body from Ben uh, it's just really well put together seeing these two uh, play off each other Robert Sheehan's fantastic in these scenes as well so uh, yeah oh yeah great point John well yeah Uh, because we know that Ben was CGI'd in Mm -hmm. like you to see the way Robert Sheehan is dealing with this possession is just fantastic really really good yeah definitely I think the other thing that's really nice with the whole Ben possession thing is that, you know, you get this interruption from Diego, who's coming to get Klaus, and Ben has this moment with Diego, which I think is really, really nice. You know, they hug it out, mm-hmm. and they, they have the, you know, what's the one thing that only uh, Ben would be able to know about Diego and Luther, which is that they've re- reprogrammed a Teddy to say, Klaus, he sniffs dad's underwear, which is really funny. Uh, but it's just sort of a really nice moment together for um, Diego and Ben, I think. Um, and I think I, I like um, that Ben is getting a few moments here mm-hmm. uh, to shine, uh, which presumably may not bode well for the future. But nonetheless, um, it's this is really uh, a nice moment with Ben possessing Klaus's uh, body. It is, and I just love the big hug between the two of them when Diego realizes it is Ben in there. I think it's a, another lovely moment between these two brothers. You know, we can tell again, you know, much like the moments that we had uh, earlier on in the season with uh, Klaus and Alison reuniting, you can tell this family themselves were very close under the tutelage of Sir Reginald. They probably bound together much tighter because he had no love for them at all. Uh, <laughs> but you can tell that the family themselves really did love each other. And Diego does seem to be very soft hearted. And uh, what we saw in season one himself and his mother being so connected. Um, so particularly him seeing or having this time with Ben inside Klaus's body is, is really, really good. Agree. Yeah. 100%. As we mentioned, there's so much going on in the episode and we will talk about, you know, where all the rest of the cast are as we get through our points. But the one moment in the episode that I really, really liked is Alison talking to Ray because each member of the family kind of has some things to deal with before they get back together after this 90 minutes, I suppose. Uh, but Alison saying goodbye to Ray, I think was really good. I think they've, they've, their relationship throughout the season so far has been really central to the show, uh, given that he's a new character into the show. I think Ray's yeah. fit in really well. And I think they're, they can see why the two of them are married. He's really supportive of, of Alison, especially since he's found out what's happened and who she is. Uh, but I love this idea where she says to him, I can use my powers now that you know what they are. I can use my powers to rumor you, to take everything about me out of your mind and make it easier. You can just move on with your life once I'm gone. And he says, no, I think it's a really touching uh, moment between the two of them. I agree. I, I think, I think again, as you said, that they, they have an amazing chemistry um, and the, the character arc in this is fantastic. 
but then after Ray refusing Allison uh, the ability to rumor away the past with them because he wants to remember everything, uh, we have the attack by the Swedes on their house. Uh, I love that they come come up with the idea that they're they're vacuum salesmen uh, to get in through the through the front door. Like, have they done anything that uh, excessive really in the past? I suppose they they did steal the milkman. Van well, I think they're still them. wearing the milkman's yeah. outfit, which is really funny because they they just have that outfit all the way through. Mm. Um, I, I think they are anyway. I think it so. Was the it's one... Hoover salesman dressed as um, milkman, mm. uh, so yeah, slash assassins. I think so. it was the one that blew up <laughs> had the milkman hat, uh, whereas these two guys didn't at least keep the milkman hat on them. So maybe the white outfits kind of can be multi-purpose, but uh, but I don't know why. I think just because they're they seem to be making uh, this excuse to get in through the door, they don't do anything further than that. They just show off a Hoover uh, that they're trying to sell or a yeah, vacuum. That's the bit. <laughs> and she instantly knows there's something wrong here and tries to rumor them. But I love because they've done their research. This is why they're good assassins. They instantly punch her in the throat, effectively, to stop uh, stop her from being able to rumor them. So uh, yeah, it's just a, a great fight sequence from there. Well, fight sequence. It's it's just fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I go that far to say it's an amazing fight sequence. No, it's just that she again is at the end of it. She she holds her own. Alison holds her own mm-hmm. for the whole the whole thing. And then at the end, which is I heard a rumor you killed your brother. Yes, absolutely. And that is just it's fantastic to watch. I know that sounds very morbid, but uh, it's more that uh, that she, you can see the hurt and the pain on the Swede as he's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's compelled to do it. He doesn't want to do it. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't, uh, overall, I, I like this. And then jumping back very quickly, just uh, to Ray and his. Um, Decision not to be rumored away the the memory and the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. I actually really enjoyed that aspect of it because he was basically I'd uh, rather have uh, be in pain for the rest of my life than forget the last year mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. It's lovely. Like it, not it, it's it, not sweet it's just it's a fantastic way to to show that it wasn't just a, a fledgling love yeah. or marriage it's there's something deeper there yeah you're right like you know the temptation of course for her when luther visits her and says we're getting back together and we're going back to the future effectively is of course her child's there so uh, and her child could be saved so uh, of course allison wants to go back to visit her child in the future you know but uh, but of course you know this temptation between staying with her husband that she's lived with for the last year or going back to see her child uh you know that that is something that she has to weigh up and i'm sure it would be so much easier for her if she could just rumor away ray as well and make sure that he wasn't in pain as well but uh but yeah i do like the uh, i do like the interplay between the two of them as a sale of the writing between these two characters uh, really good weirdly we've never mentioned who ray is the actor who plays who plays ray in this show uh we saw him in in good omens he played one yeah. before horsemen of the apocalypse so <laughs> so we've we actually have talked to him talked about him on the podcast as well so uh really good actor really enjoy him in the show yeah definitely so i, I think the other great thing about that the Swedes turning up is yeah that fight, but it is also that I heard a rumor is used here, and it's used against the elder Swede mm-hmm. um, to kill his own brother. And um, yes. despite him having just had a Hoover attachment to the eye, again, just kind of nice cheeky reference to the eye for for an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it is 
um, yeah, he is forced into um, killing his own brother, strangling him by uh, by Allison here. So oh, yes. Ray doesn't uh, get the I heard a rumor uh, treatment, but certainly the elder Swede uh, does uh, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and he plays that really. Um, he plays it really well. That idea of him compelled to do it but trying to fight it yeah. uh, i think it's very re- very well done by him absolutely and confirmation that they are brothers as well we did question <laughs> i think we had a conversation about whether they were brothers just because they all had blonde hair didn't necessarily mean they were so uh, nice that they had a just reference there that they were brothers so uh, but yes. yes three become one uh in the Swedes. Yeah. I mean, they hopefully have they'll have a spice girls reference <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, that's kind of it for the big points for the episode as we said there's uh, there's a lot going on with everything in this episode because all the cast are getting back together for this final moment and all wanted to say goodbye uh, the one we really haven't spoken about much is vanya and what's going on with her um following on from carl finding uh, vanya um kissing sissy in the back of the car we have a lot of uh, stuff going on with Carl and Sissy and uh, and Vanya back uh, back at the ranch, I suppose, back at the farm. Um, I love the kind of threat that's there from Carl. I think the the actor again plays this part really, really well. Just the simple idea that he's just sitting at the table watching them while drinking a glass of water, and Sissy realizes there's something wrong with that when she offers him a beer, and he's like, "No, no." I'm okay right here. Um, you know, that's really threatening from him from that point onwards. And we, we get the real threat from him. We get the fact that he's going to send Vanya off. He wants her to take the car and run away, basically, um, and leave them alone or else he's going to send Harlan away because she, she, he knows exactly how to push Vanya's buttons. He knows that if he sends Sissy away, that actually won't hurt her as much as it will sending Harlan away. So uh, so there's lots of threats there from him, a really good part of the episode as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think um, I think the the guy who plays Carl here, I think it's done really, really well in terms of the writing and how, like, it's, it's, all, it's almost reasonable in a mm. sense of, of how he does it. You know, you kind of think he takes her out to the ranch and you kind of think, is this kind of going to be, you know, gunshot to the back of the hairs? Cause he, he kind of references his, his uh, ranching mate and so on. And in the end, you just have this very kind of matter of fact um, about disease spreading through the herd uh, that needs to be stopped. And so you have to kill them all. Yeah. Um, and it's that threaten as well as then the, th- the threat to put Harlan into um, a facility for his condition. It's that calm threat that's really chilling and disturbing yeah. um, towards Fania and even towards Harlan. But it's also just the fact that it, it really does uh, mash it up really well. Cause actually, you know, Carl in effect is just trying to protect his marriage actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, 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 like it just shows the blurriness of being, you know, good and bad is that kind of, you know, I don't mean to reduce it down to that, but you know, on the face of it, Vanya is trying to steal his wife. Mm-hmm. I think it's handled really well by the writers. And I think both Vanya and Carl in these scenes are just so good. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really, you know, you, you see that Vanya cares so much for Sissy and Harlan with uh, wanting to bring them along uh, and needs to go back to um, at least either 
bring them back so that they can jump as well or to say goodbye. Um, at the same time, Carl's kind of, you know, protecting his, his uh, you know, a bit like a, a cat or a dog protecting their territory. Yeah, yeah. And it then his wife, uh, but they have not married for yeah. years. You know, like, you kind of think about it, if it was one of the other members of the Umbrella Academy there, if it was maybe Luther that was there or Klaus that was there or uh, or Diego that was there who was coming on to his wife, he probably would get a shotgun. To yeah, no, exactly. But instead of that, you actually get a really awful way that, uh, Carl describes what's going on. Exactly. He's basically talking about it being a disease, saying you're unnatural and you need to cut out the disease before it spreads exactly. is the way he describes yeah. it. So much worse um, connotations to the way that he's speaking about exactly. her. Is, it's absolutely about her being a lesbian, not about what? her stealing his wife. It's it, He wants her gone out of there to stop. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's that subtlety of a reasonable approach, but then there's this cool kind of or really obnoxious analysis of how you have to deal with it because they're homosexual yeah. uh, which is all about disease and cutting it out um and it, it's what brings these layers really nicely because yeah. in a sense if this was just another man Carl doing this would be very reasonable i, su- I suspect we would all be there going He's been really reasonable about this, mm. in a sense. He's just giving fair warning. Um, he's been very reasonable. But he didn't shoot he, the guy. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and and that's the great thing, I think, about introducing this, this diverse set of characters, whatever mm. it may be, is it adds nuance and subtlety to normal um, dialogue and scenes yeah. that you wouldn't normally get, which changes the meaning uh, but really kind of in, in a nice way. And that's what yeah. I liked about these scenes between Carl and Vanya um, and and with Vanya and, and Sissy. Um, and ultimately, Vanya and Sissy take Carl and, and, and run away, mm-hmm. um, you know, so which leads to a, a very good roadblock and use of her powers, absolutely. which Sissy sees for the first time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Until she gets a uh, a shotgun to the back of the head, uh, the other way around, I suppose. Uh, she gets the, the butt of a shotgun to the back of the head to knock her out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, wondering what's going to happen with her. Uh, I haven't particularly complimented Ellen Page this season yet on her performance. Ellen Page is a fantastic actor. She really was Absolutely brilliant in season one, uh, going from the meek version of Anya to the really powerful version of Anya. Um, her scene in this episode with Five, where she's trying to explain why she has to bring Sissy and Harlan with her uh, into the future, I think is a brilliant scene on its own. I could see that on like her showreel forever from now on, you know. Um, yeah. Just that idea that, you know, a, a mother and a child will not ruin the future if I bring them forward. We will not destroy anything by making by bringing them forward. I think it's so well delivered from her. Or will they? Oh, and I think what I quite like about this is they have a face-off of powers um, mm-hmm. and both back down ultimately, which I thought Absolutely. was quite interesting. And yeah. um, that there is that kind of mutual respect of what the other can potentially do. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really interesting. It's not what I was expecting between these two yeah. uh, in that moment, just where you, you know, you kind of get those waves coming from Vanya and you kind of get a little blue, um, with, uh, with number five yeah. and, and ultimately, um, number five backs down and they compromise um you know because he doesn't want her to go at all he just wants to get her to the alleyway Uh, so i thought that was really good 
Or does Vanya back down? I'm not, I'm not sure. She's no, I think so they powerful. both do. Yeah. I think they both realise, let's just back down. Yeah. Anything else about the episode? Any other notes about the episode that we want to talk about before we go on? Nothing from my side. Uh, I, I just think, like, as we said, it's interesting to see where this sets us up mm-hmm. for next episode. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. The only other note I have is uh, is about the handler taking over uh, the commission. Um, I love her speech to <laughs> to everybody in the commission, especially her, uh, her comment about there is grief counselling available but not paid for by the company. <laughs> I just think it's yeah. I just think it is hilarious. I love that she's got this power uh, back uh, in her hands and she's still just as crazy as before. And remember, nobody here likes her either. So so uh, we saw that when she was returning from her time in hospital, tried to give her coat to somebody and everybody just ignored her return. So uh, so that's going to be very interesting as well, her work with the with the commission. I think that's it for all of our notes and points for this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, make sure you email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts about the episode. We'd love to hear what you're thinking uh, as this season goes on. Uh, overall, Chris, what did you think of episode seven of season two of Umbrella Academy? This was one of my favorite episodes to date. Mm-hmm. The fun of Klaus being possessed by Ben, the um, the race to the, uh, to the end. It was basically the race episode. Mm-hmm. Can we move everyone... F- around the um i was actively yelling at my tv sometimes going 28 minutes what the hell stop talking just run <laughs> um and then the the selfishness of vanya i suppose it kind of like no i'm not going without uh sissy and stuff i'm like no so fine just leave vanya then who cares but i'm like i suppose obviously you can't um and then just from that opening sequence with five um, just it was one of the best, the better episodes for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the best yet until I see the remainder of the episodes of yeah. the season. Um, but yeah, really, really, really good. Uh, John, what did you think? Yeah, I really like this. Um, I'd give this four fudge nutters out of five. Um, <laughs> I just like the build up. Um, the the whole kind of the the use of the tick tocking uh, from the clock and the build up mm-hmm. to get to the to the alleyway on time and how everyone is going about this and it's all a little a bit like the family dysfunctional they're prioritizing sorting out you know whether it's with ray whether it's with uh, carl and and sissy and harlan and um, and it all doesn't quite go to plan and actually the 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 biggest um mess uh, of the family in terms of Klaus is the one that gets there on time, presumably because he's possessed by Ben, which was really good. Um, and you have, yeah, sort of just the, the, the great, um, the board slaughter uh, as you guys picked up on at the start and which is really good. And the kind of the many fish bowls of AJ Carmichael. Uh, so, uh, which was, was nice. I, I thought he was going to get killed. I wasn't expecting him to be put into the, the 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 plastic bag like you'd get at the fairground and hmm. um, and ultimately as a trophy on, on the side of the handler's desk now that she's she's done her her coup mm-hmm. um so yeah this was really good i like the the urgency of the 90 minutes so yeah four fudge nutters out of five if indeed that's what they are <laughs> excellent excellent derek what did you think I'm going to keep it short. I really liked the really liked the episode. Lots of serious stuff going on, as I mentioned, with Alison and Ray uh, and with Vanya and Sissy and, and Carl as well. But some great funny moments in the episode as well. The call to Olga Faroga uh, from from uh, Diego and Luther, I think, is absolutely hilarious. These two guys who are supposed to be the leaders 
uh, of this team. Uh, both of them have always fought for leadership since the beginning, uh, and they couldn't organize a piss up in a brewery, as we'd say. Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious to see the two of them. But yeah, there's so much other great stuff. Klaus and, and Ben, uh, possession is brilliant as well. Um, yeah, really, yeah. really top episode. It's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites so far as well. Yeah. One final thing to do before we get out of here for our discussion about episode seven. John, we're back to our pub quiz. Remember, fellow Brawly Dollies, you can send the answers to the uh, Umbrella Academy pop pub quiz to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, there is also, it is now being put up in the spoiler section of the episode comments. Uh, so as you go into the comments uh, for that spoiler uh, post on Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Uh, we're putting up the, the question for that episode yeah. as well. So, um, there is multiple ways in which you can engage with the pop pub quiz. But the question for episode seven is what is the other convention taking place at the Lonely Inn in 1982? Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know that that was the question. I may have uh, given that answer out earlier on, but that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> Can I just say I do love the reaction from two of the people from that convention. <laughs> <when> <laughs> <they> <laughs> see blood covered, uh, blood covered number five and just turn around on their heels and close the door behind them. <laughs> As we all would do. Uh, none of this hero complex for me. Absolutely. <laughs> close the door and lock it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for this discussion. Make sure you get your answers in for the uh, pop pub quiz to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And we will talk to you very soon for the next episode. Yes. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep nutting. <laughs> nice. We'll be back with episode oh, eight. Oh, that does not mean what you think it means. Bye bye. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to explain it to him when we're in our break. I know what uh, it means. We are going on to episode <laughs> eight, the seven stages, next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>